0: The media we consume, whether it's books, film or music, have a way of shaping who we are. Not only that, but we shape those media based on how we view the world. It's an interesting interconnectedness that defines how cultures function.
1: Christians, of course, aren't separated from their culture. Rather, they are ingrained in it and have a part in being shaped by it as well as shaping it. The Lord of the Rings is a part of the phenomenon we call culture. It has shaped its readers and viewers, and those people have gone on to shape other aspects of culture because of it.
0: As we continue our conversation from last week, we ask, why are Christians so obsessed with the Lord of the Rings? What other media are Christians obsessed with, for good or bad? All that and more on this edition of the podcast.
1: We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the
0: Pew, where faith and culture meet.
1: From the pew, hey Riker, how you doing? Doing well. How are you? Oh yeah, pretty good. Uh, talking about Lord of the Rings, one of uh, Riker Deny's favorite pieces of art/slash media. Agreed. Um, but yeah, excited to talk about it. Let's just go ahead and jump in.
0: All right. The first question: Why are Christians so obsessed with the Lord of the Rings? Mm. Is that is that a is that a fact? You think, or is it I because it's so. just the the milieu from which we come?
1: That's fair. That's fair. I think I think everybody loves Lord of the Rings once again because I think it connects the human experience. But I think uh, I think when Christians know that Christians created something that everybody loves, they're like, yeah. <laughs>
0: That's that's literally what I have right down here. Written by a Christian author. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times that's enough.
1: Yeah, truly.
0: So that's Thank like, goodness this time around this Christian author was a
1: really good author. Yeah, it was actually incredibly solid. Well that's what yeah. I mean I guess I mean Christian art is not anything new. I mean, mostly because everyone in Europe was Christian back in you know, just go back a few hundred years. Christian quote unquote, you know, whatever nominally at least. Yeah. At least. Um, but yeah, so I I think that's, I mean, obviously he was a devout Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of the themes fit in with a lot. I mean, just like what I said earlier about like even Genesis, like the kind of the decline or the deterioration of creation or whatever. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I think that's probably informed, um, but there's tons of obviously the, the themes of light and dark. Um I would say like the depravity of humanity slash hobbit anity. Hob Hobbitanity, hab hob, hob <laughs> But you know, like so in the books I, I guess and in the movies too, you know, Frodo gets to the end of his quest, which is to destroy the ring. Also, we're assuming that you you generally know the story of Lord
0: That's the Rings. true. I mean, <laughs> The the latest of these sources that we're talking about is at least 20 years old already, the films. Yes, so and the books like are even older than spoiler that. Spoiler so. yes. This if is you on you at this point. Yes, if
1: you haven't watched <laughs> the movies, it's, it'll be the best 9 to 12 hours of your life, depending on if you do yes.
0: It does have the QFTP stamp of approval.
1: Yes, oh, undoubtedly.
0: Wholeheartedly.
1: Yes. So all the way. Okay, assuming that you paused it and you went and watched it and now you're back yeah. if you didn't. Nine hours later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Frodo welcome gets- come back to the episode. <laughs> yeah, truly. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, come back next week because who has nine hours? <laughs> um, so yeah, Frodo gets to the end of his quest and obviously, you know, he succumbs to the temptation of the ring. Uh, so obviously showing like, especially in the- So I didn't get this on first watch of the movies. I didn't get that like- Frodo's kind of a paragon of morality. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not that he's, like, hyper... Not that he's, like, some god or whatever. But, like, especially in the books, he's it's very clear. Like, he's courageous, and he's kind-hearted, and he, you know, he's, like, the pu- he's the purest of us all. You know what I mean? In the movies, I didn't feel that as much, but, but he's still, you know, he's still a good dude at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think because so much of the movies, he's just, like, suffering through temptation. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's, like... Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you don't get the sense that he's like you know. Anyway, either way, the like the a paragon of like human goodwill and you know goodness still in the end like succumbs to the temptation. Right. But then you also have like great capability. One, he got it all the way there. Uh, There's other characters in the story like Aragorn, Aragorn, and uh, and others who like show great like capability of human. Like right. morality and, and justice and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I think that's very general, but I think that's like you know straight from his faith mm-hmm. and from yeah. the Bible. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think there are broad themes like that, but there are very, also very explicitly Christian themes sure. um, in it, right? Kind of like like ring. The ring is a sin, and kind of like what you said, its power to corrupt and the quest to totally. to overcome it. Sure. Um, obviously, Gandalf's death and resurrection that's very um yes. people that i feel like that's the like the primary example yeah. people point to
1: well yeah i've i don't know if i feel like i've heard this i can't it can't be from me but like the kind of the idea of like gandalf aragorn and sam representing the trinity or like representing hmm. like the different ways god helps us on our quest hmm. or whatever um, I think when they do that, I think it would be Gandalf as the father, Aragorn as the son, obviously, and then Sam as the Holy Spirit, who's, like, with us the whole time. You know helper. What I mean? As the yeah. helper, yeah. Oh, okay. Never heard that before. Yeah, which I think is, like, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I don't know if, like, he would have done that on purpose. I mean, obviously, there's right. very clear, like, Christ, like, Christ images, Messiah images right. of, like, yeah. yeah, like you said, Gandalf, Aragorn, like, Returning and being king, crowned king, you know what I mean. So there's lots of those. But, but
0: yeah, but certainly I think it had its source in his faith, and whether or not he did yeah. that purposely, um, yeah, I think it's it's hard to pinpoint. But wouldn't yeah. be surprised if yeah, they, those themes, those kinds of ideas, found their source in his faith. Totally, um, I think one. I guess to take a negative spin on this, I think one reason why it's so big with Christians, Little Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. is that they misread it as allegory. So, allegorizing Gandalf as sure. you know Jesus Christ, and yeah, his yeah, yeah. death and resurrection as allegorizing you know Jesus' death and resurrection, sure, which is, which is, clearly not the way Tolkien meant it for, to be read because he, like, on paper, like officially. Despised allegory. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I read somewhere that like when Tolkien or when Lewis, who C. S. Lewis, who was his friend, kind of like tossed the idea of Narnia and stuff like that. Yeah. Or no, I think he, I think Lewis chose not to show Tolkien his drafts of Narnia he because he was would... writing it as an allegory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and right. he knew how much Tolkien hated it.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: Well, I feel like that also. So we can definitively say it's not an allegory. Yeah.
1: Well, people will say it's an allegory for World War. One, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's what they'll say, too, is because the Western part of Europe and then the Eastern part. So that's where it's like, I don't think it's any of those. (laughs) But, but I mean, I think it's all, like, uh, what's the word? Influenced, I guess. Yeah. By his experience and his background, obviously. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I am fascinated, though, with the... (laughs) So, like, the whole world... Is built on magic in in the the, the you know in the universe of sure. in tolkien 's universe um, and that 's huge with Christians, hmm. same thing with c s lewis 's um, Narnia series yeah. literally the world is sung by magic into existence in the um, sure. but and those are very big in Christ, in the christian subculture, but Harry Potter is not <laughs> <Or> at least <laughs> yeah. growing up it was like yeah, taboo, yeah witchcraft uh, yeah because it, it's witchcraft yeah truly. so it's very interesting to me that lord of the rings and you know yeah. cs lewis's narnia is okay yeah. or are okay but harry potter isn't considering that they're both magic based sure. worlds I, i'd argue tolkien's even more so because literally it's it's a whole re- whole other reality whereas harry potter there and i guess lewis as well there you know sucked into another reality right, or no right. because harry potter's realm isn't they're not moving into another i don't know harry world like well, they do in narnia i think so
1: or yeah i think it's like a diff- wait I, I don't know is it another it, world? magic
0: i think magic coexists in yeah. the human in the world that we exist in, in so in human the beings world. could like
1: find hogwarts if they went to the right place on earth i th- i think yeah. I,
0: i'm again i'm not as well versed in harry All I know potter is they go
1: into the train station they go through the wall and then they're there or somewhere i don't know <laughs> yeah but no, i don't fair. think it's a i
0: don't think it's like a, a whole other realm like it is in narnia sure.
1: narnia yeah they're like literally different dimension or like different worlds basically. different dimensions yeah yeah. yeah. to go through a portal, a portal literally <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah i mean there's there's yeah i feel like harry potter obviously draws off of like i don't know like like, its imagery is more related to, like, the witchcraft of, like, you know, or, like, pagan witchcraft. You know what I mean? Because it's like, put in the the frog skin and the whatever into the potion. You know, they use, like, those kind of – whereas – and to be fair, I think this is a – I mean, I just – I think we should all – no one should be scared of Harry Potter, and no one should be – no one's going to – you know what I mean? I don't think we should be scared of narratives. But, like – the way that magic is in Lord of the Rings is it's it almost is more like divine power. Like, Gandalf isn't a human who practices magic as a wizard. Mm -hmm. He's, like, literally an angel. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or, like, he's a divine being who's sent to... And then, you know... So magic is such, like, a... It's such an interesting term. You know what I mean? Because, like, the Mm -hmm. magic of Lord of the Rings is more like it's, like, divine power, almost. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas the magic of... I mean, I guess I Chronicles and Narnia. I feel like it. Maybe it's the same, but I feel like it's even it's different in that one. Yeah, oh. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why people make these distinctions, but I can see in Lord of the Rings, especially like like if you think about the wizards of Lord of the Rings versus the mm-hmm. wizards of Harry Potter, is it? It's like the wizards are more like angels, but I agree and they're it, they're more wise
0: men than they are the traditional concept yes. of wizards yeah, yeah, casting yeah, yeah, yeah. spells and right. performing magic. Yeah, making whatever.
1: potions and. but all that to say i don't think that it's wrong that harry potter has that imagery um but i think that's why it gets all the hate (laughs) for whatever reason anywho anyway shall we move on (laughs) yeah all right last question from the Pew. All right. So what other media are Christians obsessed with for good or for bad? Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> question. <laughs> they're obsessed with oh, the Lord of the like, Rings. I mean, we mentioned people. Chronicles of Narnia. I think I think Christians are even more pumped about that because it yeah. is allegory and it's more right. on the nose. You know what I mean? yeah. yeah. And especially for Protestant
0: Christians, because Lewis was a Protestant, some uh, people are still maybe a little bit iffy with Tolkien because he was Roman Catholic. Sure. Uh, the old the age old the age divide.
1: <laughs> I guess I just don't think in those like denominational I guess it's more than denominational. It's uh I, don't know, I guess schisms. You know, the schisms right. of the church. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that's one. Um really all of C.S. Lewis's work people are pumped about, which honestly I'm happy. The more people are excited. About c s Lewis because I think his perspective is nuanced and mm-hmm. uh um, well, they're children's
0: books, but they I mean I get so much from them still truly. rereading them, yes, you know so, what i
1: mean absolutely so I mean that's where I think it's one for good um like for the for the good, what I think if we're get. going for the bad i oh, mean
0: Christian romance
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I don't even know about those
0: <laughs> go to any. Christian bookstore. I don't know if those are still around, but any used bookstore or yeah. bookstore in general, and go to the you know faith section. Yeah. there's a huge, huge portion of those books are Christian romance novels. Oh, man. I don't know I'm, what we're doing. If you like them, I guess. Yeah, I'm sorry. that's that's fine. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh,
1: no. no, I'm sorry for offending. You. Oh, I thought you were saying I'm sorry that you like them. No. If you like them, ooh, I'm sorry that your taste is like... <laughs> um, and maybe
0: some of them are well-written novels. Maybe. Yeah, no, I
1: don't know. I guess, well, yeah, I was going to go the direction too, which I guess some of these are kind of Christian romance of like the pure flicks, like mm. the God's Not Dead, Yeah. Fireproof, Facing the Giants. Which
0: I think our listeners know our thoughts on those kinds yes. of things. Yes, I mean, we, we had an Harry's episode episodes. where we
1: talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I, mean,
0: I don't know if it's I mean some of it is just bad storytelling like yes. bad like in terms of like the plot itself yeah um but uh, well, for me it's just that there's in in a lot of those I guess particularly those fil- those kinds of films there's just no depth they're yeah. they're just straw men yeah um films
1: well it's Christian propaganda is what when I watch them it's like. This isn't, like, we're not talking about, like, the real issues, I feel like. We're just talking about, we're just, we're like, you know, I guess it's an evangelistic tool. And maybe, I think, I think one of the the organizations that produces them literally came out and said, like, this is an evangelistic tool or whatever. Yeah. The problem is I just don't think, I think for everyone other than Christians, it's, this is shallow and isn't, it doesn't reflect the human experience. So if you want to talk about believability, what we did earlier... Mm -hmm. Is I I think they're those are the most unbelievable films because Mm. they don't it's like this doesn't connect, this isn't real to my experience. Yeah. So I I, you know, so they fall flat, I think. Yeah. And
0: I don't even know if it really reflects the general reality of and lived experience of most Christians.
1: Same, yeah.
0: I feel like it's a very simplistic view of, you know, good and evil, right and wrong, Christians and non Christians. It's very very black and white when we live in a world of various shades
1: yes and we talked about this at length in that other podcast uh the the telling and not showing i mean there's a lot that could be said about those films but yeah i think that might be a for bad that we're interested in and then i do have another category so i'd say c.s lewis is great i'm sure there's other great stuff that i'm not wait is this
0: gonna it's not going to Going to be a good one or a bad one?
1: This next one is going to be a mixed because I don't know how I feel about it. Oh, Maybe. Because I've actually... got one more bad oh, one. Oh, yeah. Should no, we do the... go
0: with it? Uh, okay, I'll do the bad one first. Yes. The last bad one for me is like the Bible films.
1: Oh, so that was kind of where I was going with oh, okay. this next one. Which... At
0: least with like the the Bible films produced by actual like Christians or faith based companies. Sure. I'm not talking about Noah or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Exodus, Gazette Kings. Yeah. um
1: yeah, Well, I kind of put them all in, like, the same—I just called it, like, biblical fiction, because when you adapt the biblical story to another, like, medium, it, you like, you just have to make choices. I mean, it's the same with oh, Lord of the yeah. Rings. When they adapted it to the films, they had to make choices. They had choices. to cut out a ton. Yeah, and they certain themes were lost, and now these stories—or, like, the events have different significance than they did in the book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm uh which is just what you have to do when you when you adjust the medium. And so that's when you portray biblical stories, which I'm not saying we shouldn't, but when you do, it's I mean it almost just turns into like fiction set in biblical events. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Um and I think there's some like good ones for me and some bad ones. <laughs> like Prince of Egypt for instance. Hmm. I like it just hits me every time. And it's, honestly, it's been, like, a little bit of, like, I have to remember, like, this isn't, like, this this hits some of the story beats that the Exodus story hits, you know what I mean? But we're also not, like, we're also using this story. I think that it's faithful. I mean, let me start with by saying, I think it does a great job of faithfully, just like the Lord of the Rings movies faithfully portray the books. I think it's, like, faithful to the story. But also, like, some of the big beats or some of the big themes you know, they're, they're fiction. You know what I mean? They're not, Mm -hmm. they weren't originally in the source text. So that's where, like, I think as long as we keep it there and we don't watch, like, I've heard a lot of people pumped about like the chosen or like, son, do you remember son of, son of God, son of man? I don't know. Oh yeah. That Mm -hmm. was it. the does discovery channel or I don't know. Somebody did, did those. Um, and they, they were, I actually thought some of those were good. Um, some better than others. Um, but I think we just got to... Th- I don't think it's wrong to be shaped by them, but we also got to realize that this is different than, like, the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of them end up being harmonizations. I'm thinking specifically about, like, The Jesus, the multiple Jesus movies that have come out over the decades. Yeah, it's like there's a. We have four gospel accounts. Um, And so, there each Jesus movie that we have is essentially a harmonization of those. Harmonization is a literary term, but basically a blending of, you know, different sources or different parallel accounts to make one cohesive narrative right and that's what these jesus films do so i get that that's a great introduction maybe to sure to to who jesus is in the bible but um but it would be a great disservice to conflate the film with gospel truth maybe people aren't doing that but we have yeah we gotta go back to the source material because the it presents four different views of um of jesus how he interacted um you know, with the totally. people he ministered to, those those kinds of things.
1: Well, that's where, like, sometimes I do wish I'm almost like, it would be great if, you know, God just gave us, like, a big TV series, incredibly produced, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that was, like, portraying, like, what he wants us to think about the world. And, I mean, that's kind of, like, what the Bible was back, like, that was the, I mean, the way that they shared stories was through, you know, just the written text. Well, orally first, obviously, but but you know, what we have now, obviously it's written text. And so yeah. I mean it goes back to interpreting the Bible and all that stuff, which we won't talk about it. Go back and listen to that if you want to hear that. Um but yeah, I just think it's there's so many different like there's the Noah with Russell Crowe, like you're talking about, wasn't there an Exodus one that came out recently with, yeah, Christian, with Christian Bale. Bale yeah, Exodus, I didn't see Goss that one. Kings. I don't know. Um so and well, it's just funny that they're all
0: British. <laughs> yeah. Well <laughs> I think it, Yeah. So
1: how believable is it that it's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a tale from the ancient Near East. Well, that's always these Jesus movies. It's like, oh wow, I guess Jesus was a white man with a light brown beard. Awesome. <laughs> Seems a little unbelievable, um, but yeah. So that's where I have mixed feelings because some of the like Prince of Egypt for me slaps. It is literally incredible. Like, but here's I the thing with Prince of incredible.
0: Egypt, right? Because I agree with you. It's incredible. It's one of those films that still hold up. And that yes. was released even before Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I think 1999. And I still watch that. That soundtrack was, Bro. I think, one of the first CDs that I bought when I moved to America. Yes. Like the Prince wow. of Egypt soundtrack. Yeah. But the thing with that is, I think that the fact that it's an animated film does something to the believability of the story. Mm. Sure. Because you don't... You don't and this might be a whole another topic, but for, it's like this gets into like the how, you know, what kind of trust do we put in the biblical narratives, that sort of thing, like sure. the reality of those events. Yeah, um, it's just the animation doesn't put you in the mindset mindset of this is a story that happened in reality.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: You can do a lot, a ton of things with animation that you couldn't do with truly. You know, uh, with with actual yeah. physical films or whatever but right um, it
1: almost lends itself to the world of the text better because it's like right we are transported to another space you know what I mean? right Which yeah exactly
0: nice. but uh, you know at the flip side of that coin it's just the majority of animated films aren't grounded in reality sure. so what does that how does that play into the kind of meaning we put into that film and the sure. story that it tells that
1: sort of thing yeah no for sure yeah so that's where I mean, I don't think it's wrong. I, I like watching biblical things. You know, I think it's interesting. If they're done well, yeah. Yeah, if they're done well, that's. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Is some of these are just done horribly, and then it's like this is horrible. Um, some are done. I guess to me, even the ones that are done well, let's just not get it confused with the Bible, but enjoy them. And I think when it shapes our hearts to, after the things that, you know, God is after which I would say is what the Bible's message is. I would say it's great. And I would say that about all, like all media or all narratives, all stories. Uh, and and it doesn't have to shape us into like, oh, it doesn't have to specifically shape you to be like, oh, the, you know, all the like the doctrines of the faith, you know, they don't <laughs> have to be. That's what sometimes people are like, no, like, you know, I didn't let my kids watch that because it, you know, like for the soul. Did you see Soul, the Pixar movie? Oh, yeah it's like oh it portrays the afterlife a certain way and it's like here's the thing man <laughs> i'm not asking soul to tell me what i should believe about the afterlife you know it's just the mechanics of the story that they're telling or the setting you know uh so i think we need to get over that um yeah just like any i think any narrative that gets at the truth of the human experience is like great to watch and experience uh because it I mean, if we go the route of all truth is God's truth and like, you know, yeah, I think God understands human suffering and human everything. So if a movie points to like human truth, even if that truth is horrible or like, you know, divisions between people or, you know, horrible things happening or, you know, even when things are unreconciled, um, that's like a truth that we experience every day. You know what I mean? Um, I think it still can shape us. Mm-hmm. like into the type of people God would want us to be. Obviously, the Bible should be the main shaper, but also, I don't know, it's not wrong to have other input is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know. I, I don't think I have much more to, to add to that. Same. I did put on here that leadership books. I, Christians are obsessed with them and I hate them. So I, we, <laughs> those aren't stories. I mean, I think that's part of the problem is like, they're just... 10 million ways to lead your, you know, family, church, business, whatever. Anyway, it's fine. But for whatever reason, at least in the circles I run in, Christians are obsessed with leadership books and leadership materials. Anyway, all that to say, I would say that's also <laughs> Great. Well, I
0: guess, yeah, we can end it yeah. there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening and joining in on the conversation with us. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com questionsfromthepew. And if you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that helps others find our podcast.
0: Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312 725 If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds or so and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd like to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way uh, and without giving away your information. Same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com.
1: For questions from the Pew, I'm Reichert Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time.